Getting split Getting ready. Split Getting ready. split ready. Getting split ready. For my wife, God rest her soul. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. She's not dead. <laughs> We're just divorced. Unscripted and honest discussions on divorce and separation. Getting split ready. What was I supposed to tell him? I divorced you from the show? Here's your hosts, Doug Katz and Mariah Pleasant. You're listening to Getting Split Ready, Chicago's premier divorce podcast. Um, brought to you by Split Ready. If you go to Split Ready right now, you can take the assessment, get a free membership, and have access to forums, downloadable content, and other education. So go to www.splitready.com, take the assessment, start getting Split Ready. I'm loving this next one. I'm, I got to go through all this stuff here about, about Joyce. Joyce Martyr, founder and CEO of Urban Balance, licensed clinical professional counselor, I think there's just too much to say. Author and blogger. I love the Yoga Alliance thing. I saw that. I love that. Thank you. But a mental health professional, as we talked about. And when Mariah and I were talking about the show, we talked about the holidays. The holidays are right around the corner. Yes. And how mental health takes us a smack during the holidays, but during divorce, it's even worse. So tell me about how to cope when you're going through a divorce. We did one talking about when you're divorced, dealing with kids, all that. That was a, an episode a while back. But when you're going through a divorce and you may not be yet divorced, dealing with the holidays. Oh, yeah, that can be brutal. Your first holiday is going through divorce. I mean, when we go through divorce, it affects our identity, our our sense of self, you know, identifying as a, a single person instead of a married or partnered person. It changes our social life and maybe also even our finances. So it affects us on every level. And if there's kids involved, you may be dealing with the loss of not having your kids on some important holidays and not being with your former in-laws and sharing in those traditions. So there's a tremendous amount of loss and transition, which is very stressful. And as you mentioned, the holidays can be tough regardless of going through a divorce or not. So the divorce really exacerbates that. So I definitely recommend, first and foremost, seeking support and finding divorced or single friends who can normalize and validate and support you and spend time with you if you don't have your kids. And being really direct with your friends and family about what you need learning to say no if you don't want to go home for the holidays or asking them what you do need. You need them an invitation to their side of the family with their in-laws or whatever it might be. Remembering that support groups are available. I love meetup.com to find other resources. And of course, I'm a therapist, so I believe we all need therapy or counseling. But you know, we all kind of unconsciously recreate what's familiar until we choose something better. And divorce is a great opportunity to kind of reflect on those themes and patterns that we've recreated and empowering ourselves to create a new and different and more positive life going forward. And I would just caution people not to isolate during the holidays. If you're going to the holiday party for your company, bring a friend or ask your colleagues, say, you know, I'm, I feel a little self-conscious being on my own. Can I spend time with you and hang out with Can you? Can I ask you a question on that, though? You brought yes. up the holiday parties. Yes. And one warning for people not even getting divorced is don't get overserved, right? Absolutely. How much does that play into this? Because alcohol is flowing like crazy during the holidays. Yes. And that's a problem, again, regardless if you're if you're going through divorce or not. And I do think that 
when going through divorce, it's really common for people to self-medicate their pain and sadness and to overindulge in food or alcohol or other substances. So that can be a real risk factor. So I would suggest show up early, leave early, plan on having your two drinks have water in between get and get man. out of there. Have a wingman. No man. shots. <laughs> have a wingman. <laughs> no shots. Um, yeah, absolutely. No fireball. Oh. Um, so, Jaeger bombs. Well, that was when I was younger, right? The Jaeger bombs were the yes. big ones. Yes. Oh, we must be the same age. That was at Ohio State. I had. I, I haven't had them since. Um, it was traumatic. But anyway, um, yeah. So it's an important time also for self care. So paying attention to your diet, your exercise, your nutrition, and making sure again your self care is not self harm disguised as self-care people will say i'm stressed i need a cigarette or i need a martini or i need retail therapy and that ends up causing them more hardship in the long run you mentioned that i studied yoga i love mindfulness practices and meditation they really help us kind of reboot our mind body and spirit and bring our attention to the present moment Divorce can cause us to kind of ruminate and second guess about the past or worry about the future and peace is in the present moment. So practicing those mindfulness techniques can be great. So your mic go on. So I know you got some. What, what? Well, one of the things that we talk about in collaborative law, too, is, is that the first holidays are always the hardest. And sometimes you have to think about not your comfort, but the comfort of your children. So a lot of times people do have the first Christmas together and exchanging gifts. Because Even in the midst of a divorce. In the midst of a divorce and moving forward. I, I just talked to a friend the other night on Sunday and she said, we always do Christmas together. And I just thought, wow, that's amazing to be able to do that. It's awesome. And that shows the commitment for parents, too, that they're not as much as you it would be uncomfortable to be in that room. It's what is going to make this moment magical for your children. And they always say to have my parents together. What do you do? Do you do anything? I'm sorry. Totally stepped in here. I was just going to say I can attest to 40 some years of having my mom, my stepdad, my stepmom, my dad, my stepdad's new wife because they like. They all are together Whoa, for the holidays. Oh boy. And everyone gets along and it's lovely because we all are invested in the same kids. Aww. We're all invested in the same grandkids. And if people cared enough to form this family, then they're still stewarding it through forty years now and they're there. I mean, Christmas morning was always all about me as a kid, as it should be as a kid. Yeah. And I had all of my parents there. And I think that if you set that as a like a goal or a ground rule in the beginning like there's going to be a couple days a year that we want to be together for our kids maybe it's christmas maybe it's the kid's birthday because it's their birthday and that's a gift that we give our kid is we all go out to dinner that day a year and it works it can work it doesn't work for everybody it can work that's true that's awesome and on the other the flip side of the holidays and i'm glad you brought up holidays as a topic because for two reasons one um more divorce petitions are filed right after the holidays than any other time in the year. divorce month yeah. is what I heard. Exactly, yes. exactly. So that's how much stress divorce can put on a relationship. And the other thing about the holidays, it's actually one of the more contested discussions that we have, at least in mediations, and I'm, I'm assuming with lawyers too, fought about um, the holiday schedule when it comes to parenting times. Um, so the holidays plays a huge factor when it comes to divorce. Uh, one, because... So much conflict happens that a lot of people file for divorce shortly after. And two, 
it's one of the higher areas of 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 disagreement on who gets the kids when and whose traditions are more important than one another and so it's it's a it's one of those topics that when we have in divorce mediation sessions that we know we have to set aside a good bit of time for because it's going to be uh it's going to be a long discussion tanya oh i'm sorry go ahead yeah, I couldn't agree more. And and as Tanya said, to prioritize the kids. And I love Mariah's example of her family. And if you can do that, that's awesome. That's beautiful. And and to really prioritize the kids' needs and be more selfless in that way. I think really not putting the kids in the middle of communication, communicating with with your ex about the schedule and things like that. One thing I've noticed is people giving gifts, too many gifts out of guilt or possibly competition with their partner. And just being mindful of that, that that seems to be a normal tendency in divorce and kind of pulling in the reins on that and and focusing on just being present and being you know connected with your kids rather than uh, sort of buying them with gifts, if you will. Uh, and some other creative compromises. I know in, in my family, uh, my husband and I both are not particularly uh, particular about having our kids on Thanksgiving on the actual day. So we have our exes have the kids for that day. And then we celebrate what we call Thanksgiving together uh, the great. next day. And we, we have thanks, that. We have Thanks cute. Friday. Same thing. Oh, We've yeah. had Thanks yeah. Friday thanks for Friday. 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. We do a Friendsgiving on Thanksgiving and then we have Thanksgiving on Friday. And it's fine. A lot of turkey. Yes, a little too much this year. We switched ours to seafood on th- on Thanks oh. Fridays, so oh, we do a nice salmon because you do get tired of the turkey. <laughs> yes. I was going to ask from an attorney perspective. You know, obviously, mental health. You're thinking through these things. Do you prepare a client differently seasonally? If you know you're coming up on a holiday, do you encourage them more readily to get mental health assistance or something where you know they're going to be maybe not expecting it and hitting a wall? Well, that's, yeah, that's definitely true is, is that the way that the courts respond is that, look, Christmas is December 25th every year. Mm -hmm. So don't come in a week before and tell me you haven't figured it out because I'm not going to hear your motion. So the best thing is to prepare in advance. And so once we get the clients and we're talking about the parenting agreement, we start talking about the holidays right away. All of the different, uh, major holidays, federal holidays. And that's just because you want to start talking to the clients to get them in a mental state to say, oh, well, we normally go to grandma's house on Thanksgiving or another house. So it's good to see what's important to them and to start talking about it with opposing counsel too. And I think, Joyce, a lot of our listeners are in that planning stage, kind of, you know, what do I need to do to get divorced? So if they're that couple that is statistically just trying to get through the holidays before they get divorced, how does how can they make that a little bit more tolerable? I mean, it, it's got to be hard if you know that that's what your end game is and you're getting through all of these happy festivities. How can they look at that and maybe work through that a little bit better? Again, I think that focusing on the present moment uh, instead of thinking about the past or the future. And also, I recommend dialing expectations to zero, you know, instead of kind of romanticizing or wanting this one last great holiday Mm. uh, to really just 
dial it back and take it as it is and embrace it as it is and keep it simple. A girlfriend of mine who's a therapist calls it the daily ease of functioning score, the deaf score. So she says, you know, keep it simple. So if you're asked to bring in cookies or a treat for your kid's school holiday party, Offer to bring the napkins or something that's easy rather than homemade cookies or send an e-card rather than homemade holiday cards. Just keep it simple to reduce the stress on you during this time. What are some suggestions for if people are having a really tough time with it to get help? Like what what warning signs should they identify and what should be triggers for them to, to get help if during the holidays they're having a real issue? Well, I really believe that counseling or therapy is a preventative form of health care, like going to the dentist or the doctor or a personal trainer. And you don't have to wait until you have negative symptoms. So I don't think it's ever too early to go. And a lot of people don't realize that they may have 80 percent of people have free sessions through their employee assistance program, mm-hmm. through their employer, through their insurance. And so taking advantage of that with mental health parity law, mental health services are covered the same as they are for medical. So it's very common for people to have only a $15 or $25 copay per session. I think some people think, oh, gosh, it's going to be $150 out of pocket every week. And it's not if you choose an insurance-friendly practice like Urban Balance. And Joyce, you mentioned um, meetup.com. I noticed I'm, I'm also on meetup.com and I noticed uh, there's a lot of group therapy discussions currently about meetings um, that are available for to handle exactly to talk about this exact top topic is stress at the holidays and how to handle it. And um, it's a wonderful way to realize that you're not alone and that, you know, this is a pretty common thing amongst people and what a great way to talk it out. And another, I would assume that would be another way of prevention that could help you like kind of dialing it down to zero. Would you not agree? Oh, absolutely. I think groups are incredibly helpful. I'm also a big fan of 12 step groups. If people are dealing with issues you've mentioned, like alcoholism or dealing with a partner with a substance abuse issue, groups can be really supportive and validating and normalizing and provide community. So I think that's great. Community mental health centers offer services at a sliding fee or pro bono. So help is always available. But you asked about symptoms. I think if there's a change in appetite, sometimes people when they're depressed overeat or don't eat enough. If there's a change in sleep, sometimes people oversleep or they're not able to sleep. They're experiencing insomnia, excessive worry or guilt, ruminating thoughts, a decrease in functioning at work, difficulty making decisions. These are all common symptoms of some mental health issue, whether it's anxiety or depression or simply stress. Now, the the last thing that that I wanted to talk about was the degree that people should be a buddy. Um, and if you could talk any, anyone talk a little bit about, sometimes we, we have people say, ah, you know, I want to, I want to like your page, but then people are going to think I'm getting divorced. (laughs) And we always talk about, Mariah and I always talk about that part of our charter, our vision is that people not getting divorced can help the people getting divorced. So if, if any of you could talk a little bit about during these times, helping identify issues with people who might be suffering depression or whatever and and how to deal with it and how to help them out. 
Well, that's called mental health first aid, and it's recommended that companies provide that for their employees. I facilitate those trainings, but really removing the shame and stigma and talking about our own mental health issues can be helpful. It can open the door. So to say, you know, I've had counseling, which I have. I think everybody needs it at different points in our life. And I think that's normal and healthy and proactive. So talking openly about that. Instead of thinking you're being polite by ignoring someone's symptoms, it's actually more caring to say, gosh, I've noticed these changes in you. I'm concerned. I love you. I've talked to someone. I found it really helpful. Could I go with you? Could I help make an appointment with you? Would you like, you know, we could look at psychology today, check out some resources for you. Or simply listening and listening without judgment. You don't have to label or diagnose someone. You can just say, hey, I'm noticing these things and help is available. I was going to ask you, Tanya, do you see an up, an increase, I was going to say an upswing, an increase in your clients reaching out to you sometimes for making an excuse to reach out to you to talk to you during the holidays and do you send them to people like Joyce? Well, it's an unfortunate thing that Divorce attorneys were always on call 24-7. It feels like we can never switch off. So I do constantly refer them back to their counselors or therapists or a lot of people are church members as well. And there's so many support groups available free through church churches and you do not even have to be a member, So, which are led by therapists and counselors. So they're really is no excuse not to go nowadays because the resources are so heavily available. But it is. It still falls back on that I don't need help mentality. And again, you can't force someone into therapy. That's what we always tell our clients too because they all say, well, the husband should go to counseling because they have an issue. And if you do not want to be helped, you can't force someone to help them. I have a lot of friends that are are divorce attorneys and family attorneys, and they tell me like 90% of the calls that they they take are more therapy-type calls than actual legal advice calls. And, um, you know, I think Tanya said earlier that it's an an expensive form of therapy when you're paying an attorney $300 an hour when you can actually pay someone who's been educated in the mental health field – and your it may only cost you a copay if that where your insurance might cover it, um, and so you have to be mindful of of who you're asking help from as well. You know, keeping that into consideration too. You said how to be a buddy, and it kind of came to mind too that we're always talking about divorce, right? Because that's what we do. But sometimes when people are going through divorce or even something just challenging. They may not want to talk about it. And when they say they don't want to talk about it, they may mean they don't want to talk about it. That doesn't mean you can't go to the movies with them or go for a run or go to a yoga class. Sometimes just being there is really important, especially this time of year when everyone is pairing off or spending time with their families. Having someone to just go do things with is well, important, And there's a lot too. of disposable time to do it. Yeah, yeah. Just be there. Right. Well, fantastic dialogue. If somebody wants to get hold of you... I mean, we've put out all the scenarios where they might have to, so we got to make sure that they know how to get hold of you. What's the best way? My website is JoyceMartyr.com, so J-O-Y-C-E-M-A-R-T-E-R.com. 
And, and we'll have all your stuff, too, yes. when, when we send out this episode. Thank you. Absolutely. And if you are thinking about divorce, please visit splitready.com and take our free assessment. You can come through your divorce with your finances, your integrity, and your sanity intact. Be informed, ask questions, and be split ready.